0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. Five one double five one is our text number. Uh, we're interested in finding out because we can find out from the law society regulates listers in Ireland uh, what the average cost of making a will is. Now Laura has contacted us. Laura, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. Did you make you made a will yourself? We made a will. Yes. Now we're in our sixties, so it took us long enough to get around to making a will. Oh, you still did it. Was we this? did it. And the we is you and your husband's. And my husband. Okay. And really, I think it was his basic distrust of solicitors that stopped us making it. Okay. Um, but eventually we got there, and um, I couldn't find out how much it was to make a will before we went in, okay. because you can't get a straight answer. Right. And then we went in, and we thought, look, it, we'll, we'll take the bull by the horns, we'll go and we'll do the business. And we did, and the solicitor was very pleasant, and we thought yeah. we were going in to make a joint will. Okay. But then it was two wills, mm-hmm. and we were charged double. And mm-hmm. I said, very strange, like, cause very straightforward. Mm-hmm. We've nothing complicated, nothing complicated. And, ah, oh, no, no, this is how it is. So I paid up and I left, but it, made a, it left a bad taste in my mouth. And then I complained afterwards, and I was told, I oh, know, joint wills aren't legal. Joint wills aren't legal? Yeah, so I'd so, have my doubts about that. So, but just to be clear, what, was your will complicated, Laura, between you and your, your, nope. your husband? You were, nope. You were leaving all to him, him to you? Exactly. Very true. Nothing complicated. What was the what difference? What little we have. Okay, what little you have. It's okay. <laughs> what is the difference? What is the difference between one will that you were charged two hundred and fifty quid for, and the second will that you were charged two hundred and fifty quid? Is there much of a difference? No difference. Um, m- m- one is in my name, and the other is in his name um, with his signature, my name, and my signature. That's it. Okay. And how long did this take? This st- straightforward transaction. Well, well, it took about an hour, but um, she. I had a lot of questions to ask, which is understandable, making sure that there wasn't any complications. I understand that. And was there any complications? Not at all, no. Okay. And when you said you complained, because you're very brave, how did you complain about a solicitor? Who did you complain to? (laughs) You are. People are are normally very afraid to even to talk about solicitors publicly. Obviously, we're not well, naming see, anybody, but, but, but who did yeah. you complain to and what was the nature of your complaint? Well, you see, I could only complain to the receptionist. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. When, you're handed, when we were handed the two invoices in the solicitor's office, I know that I felt intimidated standing there because you are standing in the solicitor's office and you're handed the two. And I said, I thought, you know, this would be one, but no, yeah. no, no. Oh no, it's two wills. That's what happens. It's two wills. Okay, all right. And I left, but you see, I couldn't settle afterwards because I felt like I'd been done. Okay. Now, don't 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 give me much detail. But why? You said your husband distrusts solicitors. Why? And I'm sure you have your tongue firmly planted in your cheek asking that question. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> it's it's like they know how to treat 
criminals that they don't know how to treat Josephine, you know, and Joe Soap. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get a straight answer. They're wriggly and I don't know. I, I, I would never have agreed with him that um, you can't trust a solicitor, but I would now. Mm. Okay, now, uh, we were on to the Law Society numerous times. The Law Society is a society in Ireland that have been given the job it's, uh, of representing solicitors and educating solicitors as well. They're located in the, in, uh, the not the King's Inn, the Law Society offices there uh, near Stonybatter. And we asked them a very simple question. Um, what, like, what is the average price of making it's a very straightforward will where it's a husband and wife uh, one to the other and the other to one and no complications and they say they will not uh, tell us they cannot tell us now this is the same law society that sponsors a, a, a awards thing every year called the Justice Media Awards maybe somebody from the media could investigate how much is actual char- uh, p- people are actually charged now since I mentioned it um, an hour ago with Louise, um, we've had a number of local accountants and financial advisors like John Lowe saying uh, you can do your own will for 50 quid. Did you ever consider that? Yes, but I was very wary of leaving any sort of a mess yeah, I know, to, I know. To, to my children. There's another thing, Joe, um, I wonder what uh, same people would advise on. At the other end of it, and I only went through the the other end when mm-hmm. you somebody you love dies and everything goes into probate. The solicitor at that stage took a, a different solicitor. Everything mm-hmm. was different. Took seven thousand off the top, but you can't when you ask a solicitor and how much will you take mm-hmm. when I die to administer this will? They won't tell you. They won't tell you. No, and well, yet when case, I was executor. Yeah. The solicitor said, oh, that's it. The fee is 7000 Like, that's it. It's a set fee. They know well what to tell you on the other end when you're helpless and hapless, but they don't know what to say. You can't shop around, I think, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. And there's no regulation, I don't think. Well, there is regulation. Like, you can complain about a solicitor too. this body that trained solicitors, but they're, they're, anyway, that's the incorporated loss of the same organisation. Now, Laura, you could argue that if you went in, uh, yourself and your husband, and spent an hour with a medical consultant, you could pay up to 500 quid. You could. And a solicitor, there's a number of years of training, as you know, education. Mm-hmm. So how do, you, how do you respond to that claim? I don't really. I think my main beef is that you should be able to ring up, ask the question, get an answer, decide to go for it, have it done, and there it is. Okay. It's simple. And in fairness, Not to have in fairness, the first thing you normally, if, if you get an appointment with a consultant and you're paying for it, which unfortunately most people have to, the first thing yeah. you'll get is the, the cost will be X yeah. and we accept credit cards or... Green Shield stands yeah. or whatever, whatever they they accept. Now there is a legal service regulatory authority, but I. T- Do you think it has any teeth? <laughs> well, anyway, okay. Well, well, the, we we've heard of solicitors being struck off, but they're, they're, they're because they're they're uh, involved in uh, allegations. This isn't this is not nothing to do with criminality. This is you're just looking at the price. Yeah. Okay, and you're asking, price, and we're asking people listening. Um, 
Uh, yeah. what, what have you been charged for? For one, have you had a joint will too? What have you been charged for? Two wills which are the exact same, the exact same names, except the, t- yeah. t- the two names are in different places. Obviously. Um, now, That's what about the, they advise you to shop around? <laughs> to shop around, you yeah. can't shop around because when you ask, a lot of the times you're not given a straight answer. Yeah. And. No, shopping around. And that's why the watchdog would have no teeth, because it's not as if a solicitor, you can go in to make a straightforward will, and this is the Mm -hmm. price that you should be charged. Because you're talking about consultants and education, and if they specialize in wills, okay, they specialize in wills, and so they charge 250 that's it. Now, Laurie, you mentioned 7000 for probate. Was that a percentage of the money involved, you were the executor? No, how, no. How did they work out? How did they work off the? How did they work out the fee? Was that per hour or per letter? Oh no. Or? oh no! There's so much work to be done in probate, and so it wasn't off the top. It wasn't a percentage. I'd say if there was more money involved, it might be a percentage. But, but um, it was fairly modest. This wasn't wasn't it wasn't a lot of money. Yeah. Well, what percentage was the seven thousand of the amount? No, well, I I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, was it ten percent? I don't want to. I don't want to get you to answer unless you don't want to, because because if you get the answer, Jesus, it's only that you're talking Chinese now. I wouldn't be able to work it out. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, um, no, I are wouldn't you be able Apart from contacting us, which I appreciate, are you going to take it any further? your listeners have to say yeah. because I wonder okay. is there any point in taking it any further because it does seem like a simple enough thing we all have to go and make a will yeah so why shouldn't it be very simple and straightforward and a set charge for it you know yeah 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 and um, I see what you mean about say going to a heart specialist you're not going to crib about how much he's paying or charging but you can say well I get a second opinion and I got to this other one well, that's true. That's true. Um, are your, did you ask any other solicitor for a, for a, an estimate? No, a quote. No. I had rang, I think, and in the end, I just thought, you know what? I'll just go to the one nearest us. Yeah. Okay. Get okay. it done, and then it'll be done. Okay. Okay. Now, now I'm very worried about your husband, Laura. How is he? <laughs> <laughs> he was skeptical of solicitors in the first place. How he is was. he? How is he now? Well, he's recovered. <laughs> <laughs> he's in intensive he care. Yeah, he's just gathered evidence. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. I suppose they're so used to dealing with criminals that um, I don't know. Oh, now, most of them have a lovely manner. Most solicitors are normal. They have a lovely, yeah. a lovely manner. But okay, I take your, I take your, your point. Why can't, why can't we find out much it costs? Simple as that. And yeah. if, the, if the body and regulating solicitors won't even give us, they say it should cost between 50 and 800, depending on the complications, or, or if it's an hour, it should cost 300 or whatever. Um, but but they, they're, not, they're not forthcoming. They're not forthcoming. But apparently you can get quotes. I'd love to hear from someone who did, get a, they did ring around uh, solicitors. But anyway, Laura, um, long I was just worried about your husband there, and thank God he's he's hale and hearty. So the will will not be the will on either part will not be invoked very soon. 
Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Okay. No. Okay. Hopefully not. <laughs> okay. Would you mind yourself, Laura? Thank you. Okay, okay. Bye. You're brilliant. That's Laura. How much were you charged for your will? As you had very straightforward, two of them went in. I want to leave everything, God forbid, if I go forced to him and uh, if I go forced to her. And uh, uh, straightforward, that we don't, we have modest estate, if you can even call it, that probably an estate car. We have a modest estate, and uh, can it be sorted out? Now, Sheila O'Keefe has contacted us. Sheila, this is the last time I saw, to explain to listeners, what you're talking about is when I was visiting Kilmainham Jail, as so many people have, and you'll go into the cells in Kilmainham Jail, and you will see that various uh, of the the 1916 Patriots, very uh, number of them have actually scratched their name, and I think it goes back to Parnell even. They've scratched their name into the wall of the cell, and it's still visible. And obviously, it's an incredible artifact. Now, tell us about Cantork uh, Bridewell, as they call it, where prisoners were held. Um, tell us what what your worry is, Sheila. Uh, my worry is that the, the roof of the Bridewell has collapsed. It's it's worn with age. Um, the court services have done nothing to repair or replace the roof. Mm-hmm. So um, I am a member of the Kentuck Courthouse Restoration Committee and okay. we are extremely worried that the graffiti, the history that's on the walls of the Bridewell, we are losing it. And what is on the walls, do you reckon? There's graffiti. Well, there is a lot of graffiti from the War of Independence. Okay. From the Civil War. Right. And probably a long time before that. And has anyone anyone catalogued what's what's on the walls? Yes, we have taken photographs of it. But oh, well done. The, the, the court services it did not notify um, the archives that these um, graffiti was there. They know about it now. But we are just extremely worried about the graffiti, about the history that's on the walls of the Bridewell. Now, the, the courthouse, the Bridewell, was built in the 1820s. Mm-hmm. It was designed by the Payne brothers. And it's the only courthouse of its kind in the British Isles, in Ireland and the British Isles, okay. uh, that is in the original state. But, it's, but it has no roof on it. There is a roof on it, but it's severely damaged. Okay. Now, but in um, 2021, the court services put tarpaulin or plastic on the roof. Okay. Uh, and the intention was that this was a stopgap until the roof could be replaced. But nothing else was done. Now, the tarpaulin is severely damaged. Water is getting in. Ah. But it, Pack even from the water getting in, the fact that there is plastic there, it is actually damaging or probably has rotted the tiles, the, the slates that were on the roof. So who's in charge? Uh, the court services own the building. Hmm. But who's in charge of maintaining the building? The court services are the OPW. So, well, I'd say it's the, I think it's the OPW in fairness. Now, yeah. you asked for... And this this kind of backfired on you. You asked for it was a dehumidifier to be placed in. Yes, we asked for a, a dehumidifier to be placed in. Yeah. Now we had uh, keys to the courthouse, but the court services or the OPW, whichever one of them it was, came and changed the locks, so we can no longer get into the courthouse itself. And 
the power was cut off. So no. Because they said they said you asked for a dehumidifier in all your sweet innocence. They uh, the OPW sent along an electrician to look at the place. Obviously, with a view to putting in a dehumidifier, and he said the place was a death trap. That the he cut off all the electricity. It was dangerous. And how did he make that out? Well, he's a he's a qualified electrician. Isn't he? Well, Obviously, but that, that's, that's a shock to me. It's a surprise to well, me. I'll read that. I'll find it and read it. Reminds me the the fellow who got the, anyway the job as the electrician in the court service. Um, the following a consultation with OPW, heavy toppling was um, was. Uh, put over it in 2021. In 2021, following a request by the committee to install a dehumidifier, we engaged with the OPW. An electrician attended the site on the 26th, the 11th, 21, just a month before Christmas, and found that the electrical system to be in a dangerous uh, condition. He took the decision to immediately turn off the power at the ESB incoming supply and remove all fuses for health and safety. My the God. OPW, did you not know this? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, no. I'm sorry to break it to you like this. The, OP, uh, the OPW estimated at the time, are you sitting down, Sheila? Uh, <laughs> the OPW has estimated that it would cost between 50,000 and 60,000 euro, excluding builders' work, excluding builders' work, simply to restore power into the building. We've recently asked the OPW to look at Cantor Courthouse and in particular, to examine the Bridewell building to determine the key issues concerned. This just, but in the meantime, the clock is ticking, isn't it? The, the water is, is leaking, especially in the last few weeks, and yes. especially in Cork and Kerry. Good God! Yes, yes. Um, the Bridewell, the Bridewell. No, my father was incarcerated in the Bridewell okay. during the Civil War, so I have a, a personal interest, Great. and my yeah, family yeah. has a personal interest in it. And as we know. Um, even the even the underground caves are, especially in France, where where they found graffiti going back uh, thousands of years, are they're basically closed now because not because of rain, because rain doesn't get into them, because of uh, people breathing on them and plaster, which is plaster on the walls, looks like of Cantorque, uh, Bridewell, as you call it, the courthouse, the old courthouse. Um, the plaster is falling off the wall, isn't it? Yes. With the graffiti. The graffiti yes. is on it, and the graffiti is falling off the wall. Now yes, you, it is. You, so you, you sent me one of the things is like a, a four four corner, the diamond shaped portrait of four different people. Do you know who they are? No, we don't. Well, I haven't really seen them. I've only glanced them because we're not allowed in there. You're not allowed in, yeah. And then yeah. there's no. one thousand. I, I, there's another one. One thousand pound reward. Uh, something Mylan. It looks like Mylan. Sean, 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 Sean Mylan. Okay, well, he's very famous. Person. He is, yeah. that's, that's on the wall. Um, and even in itself, even in itself, well, every everything of that that vintage has is of great interest. Even in itself, it looks interesting. Where's John Bradley? John, John, John. Hi, Joe. Yeah, you, you're a local historian. Um, is there any well, way? Is there any way, John, the, a group you could get together and ask? Could you take over the courthouse? That is our intention, Joe. We, we we would love to take it over, and that's why we formed. We formed to take over the courthouse, develop it, and have um, museum type everything mm-hmm. events. Um, 
Now, you were talking about electricity there. The main court building is in perfect condition. And, is that and that's where the electricity... Is that what we're talking, Yeah, what we're talking about is... Uh, it's it's behind the courthouse. It's where the Bridewell Jail was, right? Okay. Now that has been that is what we are looking for. If we if if we take over the courthouse at the minute, we would have to apply maybe for grants to get the roof on, of course, yeah, and yeah. that could take two years. And I think everything would be lost. Mm-hmm. And if what what we want the size of this building is about the size of a three bedroom bungalow okay okay yeah we have done our own sums here and we've asked locals it would cost maybe 25 to 30 grand okay. i mean that's not a lot of money in these kind of days so all we're asking really is for the court services to put a new roof in, on the courthouse or on the, um, or on the jail and we will gladly take it over Okay, now, now I, presu- I presume the Bridewell, as we're calling it, this derelict Bridewell, uh, is not visible from the street, is it? N- no, it's because not. Because no. it was a prison, it's behind the wall. There's high walls all around, yeah, and it's in, it's, in, it's in a courtyard. And I presume the only yeah. access to it and egress is through a side a side alley or whatever in the, beside the courtyard. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's main doors where you can go into the back, and there's yeah. a side door, but okay. they're all locked. Okay, Niall, no, 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 go ahead, yeah. Joe, Joe, one thing you get when you go into this place, my first time in there, I, I actually got goose pimples because the, the room, it comes alive, you know? Mm-hmm. The whole, all the walls are full of graffiti. Um, there's some very ones there. There's a guy called Carl's Cronin, to my sweetheart, Kathleen. There's a, a fellow called Frank Healy and Glenn Flesk. Yeah. He served in World War One. He lost an eye in World War One, and he was known as the One-Eyed Gunner. And he's buried in a, an unmarked grave in Killarney, Glen yeah. Fresk. And this signature is the only living uh, thing of him left. There's nothing else. They can't even find his grave. Mm. Now, you mentioned Sean Mylan. Sean yeah, Mylan yeah. was Minister for Agriculture and Education. His name is up there. And uh, we, we, we intend to track down all these names and find out, you know, the personal side of all these things. There's a drawing of Countess Markovich. There's a drawing of warships in Cork Harbour. I mean, it's it's when you when you see all these, yeah, well, it's a value, and, very valuable artifact, very valuable. Uh, exactly, and they're all over hundred years old, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, uh, Niall is there as well. Niall, you were involved in the committee as well, and you say, I know you've you're a construction prof- professional. How much would it cost, do you think, to try and even get proper covering to keep the rain out for the time being? Hi, Joe. Um, yeah, look, I suppose it's it's uh, in in today's times it's it's difficult to put a sum on it. But what I can tell you is that the the interim measure, uh, which was to put a tarpaulin over the roof, in my professional opinion, is actually doing as much damage, nearly more than it is good. I mean, it's a it's it's a polymer plastic uh, tarpaulin. Uh, it's it's pierced. It's holed. You know, it, it doesn't fully cover the roof. It, it prevents ventilation. I mean, this is a limestone building we're talking about um, that's literally saturated from the ground. You know, the, the drainage has been neglected. There are no gutters, downpipes. You know, this thing was built over 200 years ago, and it was built very well. Uh, and from what we can see, you know, the, the integrity of, of the walls and the lime render and the whitewash, which is ultimately what this graffiti is on, 
has been relatively good up to, you know, up, up to a couple of years ago. But it's literally, and I mean, it, it's just falling off the walls as we and speak. Is there, well, Niall, is there, I know there's a ticking clock, obviously. Is there a time frame? Well, I mean, time is of the essence, you know. I mean, look, I, I've been involved in this committee for over two years, and I, I must admit that, look, we have been in contact with the court service uh, a good number of times, and, you know, we've been... We've tried the softly, softly approach, um, you know, and any time we ask for something, now to be fair to them, they have done a certain element mm. of work, but, but, but really, in our opinion, not where it's most warranted or most needed, most urgent, and, and that is the Bridewell and the historic artefacts within. So, I mean, to, to answer your question, um, I do fear another winter is going to do, you know, absolute untold damage. There may be nothing left. So there's some start to the winter, isn't it? I know it's not officially winter, but some start to the winter in the last few weeks with the, the deluge, the biblical deluge in that part uh, of the country. Absolutely. Okay, Niall, Niall, thanks indeed. Thanks indeed, Sheila O'Keefe and, Sheila O'Keefe and indeed John Bradley talking about the Cantork. Uh, it's great to see local people trying to take an interest and, and save it. As, as, uh, as John pointed out, some of the some of the uh, uh, work on the walls, the graffiti on the walls, is the only known artefact of people who were killed during the War of Independence because they've unmarked graves, and the only thing left of them is their signature uh, scratched on the wall of of a, a dingy, dusty, damp cell. Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. I don't know, they still do it. A number of people are saying the RNLI, that wonderful, wonderful organisation, have a system where they will uh, facilitate the making of a will if you make a donation. Uh, Patrick has contacted us from the UK, I think. Patrick, good afternoon. Hello, Patrick. Patrick. Hello. Patrick, how are you? Uh, I think you're in the... Hello, Joe. How are you? Your observation, please. Just, just a couple of wee points, Joe. Yeah. I, I was going to say that I thought the lady who was interviewed was a little bit unfair in the legal okay. profession. Okay. Um, you know, there's a perception out there that, which, which I spend most of my life correcting. You know, I've practiced for 35 years, okay. and it's important to me, as it is to most solicitors, that you know that you deal with people with integrity and honesty, and that it will come back to you if you don't. Okay. Now, the lady said that she, someone maybe herself or someone else had been charged £7,000, or Pro- euros rather, for a, a, probate, yeah. uh, a probate bill. And what I was going to say to you was uh, that if that lady can stand over that, uh, what I would suggest is this. She has been charged £7,000, inclusive probably of that uh, outlay, stamp duty, court fees, all of that type of thing. Mm. Uh, I, I get people coming on, how can you possibly justify charging me £5,000, even though my fee is about 2000 you know. So, yeah, I'm prepared uh, just on the QT to uh, send a £50 to the charity of that lady's uh, choice if she proves that that £7,000 is solicitor's fees only, okay. uh, exclusive of that and outlay. Well, we, I'm sure she's still listening. Hopefully, Laura is still listening. She might be able to tell us. Um, Patrick, for the, the making of a will and a joint will. Right. Usually in the north, and I, I imagine it's probably pretty much the same in the south, a very straightforward standard will. It's not going to cost any more than about £100 here or whatever, you know, the equivalent in euro. And if it's a double will where husband and wife are mm. making wills, maybe about 
180 or 200 pounds. Well, she, was, she was charged two and a half times. Reasonable. But she was charged two and a half times that in real life. She was uh, charged 500 yeah, euros. I suspect, Joe, I suspect there might have been a bit more work involved, you know? Okay, well, that's... You know, but I, I'm just saying to you that, you know, the reality of it is that it's inclusive of, you know, there's VAT to be paid and there's outlay to be paid and that type of thing, you know, but Okay. Uh, normally a stay with us Patrick and I appreciate your call 0818 Joe at RT.ie Paul Mulvey and at loan you reckon you saved yourself how much by doing the legal work yourself so to speak well Joe I reckon about 30 grand how well I did the probate myself is that, not, is that not very very hard to do it's there's a lot of work in it, but when I looked it up initially, um, I read up about it, and uh, you had to get uh, bank statements for yeah. the the balance on the date of death. You had to get credit union, post office, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You had to get your uh, property valued. The beneficiaries then you had to go and get their addresses, their names and addresses, their okay. uh, PPS PPSNs. Uh, and uh, you had to get all this information. You had to gather all this information. So, which, is, which, at, which in fairness, is much easier easier done in this day and age of internet and email and WhatsApp and being able to look up websites. It's much easier done than maybe even twenty years ago when people would be writing letters nonstop. So you're saying just it, you're, it's almost like a checklist you have. Oh yeah. Well, you need all these documents. Yeah. Uh, you, you need to get all these documents. But it is you that does it, Joe. It's not the solicitor that does it. So you gather up all the information for the solicitor. And the form that you fill up then is is actually a revenue form. Okay. It is. It runs, I think, to about 25 pages. But there's lots of blank spaces in that as well. Okay. Yes. And if, if there's anything you don't understand in it, you simply call up the revenue commissioners, ask them the question, and okay. they give the answers straight up. So over a couple of weeks, I worked my way through it. And when when I had eventually the whole thing done, then it had to be uh, signed by a peace commissioner or a solicitor. So I went to a peace commissioner yeah. and got it signed. And yeah. then it was uh, off to the registrar. And I thought that this might be a, the cards, a formidable yeah. experience. A formidable experience, yeah. you know. But um, no, I went in, sat down with the registrar, and he picked up one or two minor details on the form, which we corrected on the spot. Yeah. And uh, that was it. So they were submitted to the High Court. Which they have to be, and, yeah. Yeah. And the High Court simply returns a, a statement then saying that everything is in order. And when you went into the registrar, did the registrar say, God, it's very unusual to see someone doing this themselves? Uh, he didn't make a point of it, but he did, he wasn't uh, thrown back by it. You know, yeah, okay. obviously pe- people do it, but I, I had time on my hands anyway. Yeah, but it is. Um, Paul, have you any legal background? Oh, not a bit. No, okay. Um, so, so it is doable if you have oh. the time. And, well, and, and how do you reckon you saved... €30,000. Well, I remember looking up at the time and uh, solicitors were charging, I think, typically between 3 and 5% of the assets 
mentioned in the probate. Wow. So that, you know, would, so that would have come to 30k. Yeah. 30,000. I actually, I, I had to do two probates because I discovered my father had never taken out probate when he died pr- prior to my mother. So okay. I, I had to do the two of them. But uh, yeah. At any stage, Paul, finally, at any stage, did you say to yourself, oh, I'm going to give up on this. I'm going to go to a solicitor. This is going to kill me. Well, I had doubts by time, Joel, but uh, then I just ring up the revenue commissioners, the capital acquisition tax section in, and the ramparts in Dundalk, and they'll just fill me in, and uh, I got going again. You know, stay with um, us. Stay with us, Paul. Paul is not lonely. Liam O'Carroll, Liam, you you did probate yourself. Yeah, it's a very simple process, and the probate office couldn't be more helpful. Okay, wonderful. And the same, if you have problems with the revenue commissioners, you just have to write out all the details. And I had one case where there was uh, to do about five fools cap pages to the revenue outlining everything, pay some outstanding taxes, okay. but then just put in an appeal not to charge any penalties for certain reasons. Okay. And the revenue commissioners couldn't be more helpful. They couldn't be fairer. Couldn't be fair, they said, okay. if it was us contact, contacting you, you'd have to pay all the penalties. Okay. But the fact okay. that you're divulging and everything. And how many times have you done probate for people? Uh, three times, and anyway. Have, have you a legal background? No, you don't need one. Okay. It's, only a, it's only a process. It can be time-consuming. Yes. Just collecting all the bits and pieces yes. from the banks and the post yeah. office. But it's just doing A, B, C, D, E, and you can contact the probate office. They'll tell you what okay. needs to be done. And, a lot of it is online now, anyway. And well, good point. And do you do you know? Did you tally how much you've saved in those three probates you've done? No, but like, I reckon I'd have saved a few thousands in each. Sure now you need the solicitor if you're selling a house or something like that. Yeah, you need yeah. that anyway. But that's different, uh, yeah. yeah. The thing is, um, and that part, that might be part of the whole thing in, in the long run, yeah. distributing funds. Okay. But and by the way, Liam, did you did you use it? Did you go onto a website which tells you how to do probate yourself, or you just no, went no. through? You got the forms and you went through them. Got the forms. Oh, well you go through them okay. bit by bit. And now, originally, you used to be able to meet the probate office beforehand. And they would tell you if there's any problems, like okay, there's a yeah. problem one of the wheel and they had to go to solicitor to get a certain stamp or whatever. But look, the probate officers are so helpful, and if you've any okay, issues... Well, well said, well said. Out. And that's two of you saying that, and Paul. Patrick, can I go back? Thanks, Liam. Patrick, can I go back to you before the break? Um, Patrick, if, yeah. if a solicitor gets a will wrong, can, can he yeah. or she be sued? Absolutely, and, and I'm glad you asked that question, Joe, because... If you do it, uh, if you don't do it properly, you can be sued. And there are requirements in a will in terms of, for instance, people may not know it, but you must have two witnesses to, to witness yeah, a signature yeah. to a will, and both of them must be present at the same time. Uh, for instance, and uh, there there are various requirements that if you if you slip up, then you can be sued. The second thing is, and that sounds like a very capable gentleman there, uh, and uh, I think he would probably do a very good job. But if he slips up or I slip up, 
well, if I slip up, for instance, I, I will be sued. And my insurance policy or my insurance company is going to come along to me and say, let's have £25,000 there, please, because you made a mistake. Uh, and therefore, and, and that's what's required. If, if you slip up and it costs uh, a lot of money to the, the people who you're hmm. carrying out the probate for, they will sue you and you will pay have a very you, heavy price. Have you, he- have, have you heard of it happening? Um, yeah, I mean, not to me, thank God. No, of course. Uh, but yes. I, I know that, uh, you know, they're, they're, the courts are full of cases where, uh, you know, what they call the Chancery Court. And if you go to them, there are disputes about wills and yeah, yeah. that type of thing all the time. And, you know, that's, and people are, as I say, people can be sued. But if you go to most solicitors who hold themselves out as experts in wills and probate will do a very good job for you. Yeah, but you they're if, not expensive. Yeah, but the problem I, is if you're going to, if you're going to sue a solicitor, you've got to hire another solicitor to sue the fourth solicitor. You have to, yeah. Have okay. to, okay. That's, but that's, Kevin, Kevin no. Clark, before the break, Kevin, quick point. How much for a joint Joe, will? Joe, how are you? We paid €194 Euro in January 2015 for a joint will. And uh, De- Dead simple. Straight, straightforward. Okay, okay. Straightforward. Uh, well, did you get the, Did you get a quote beforehand? No, no. I just okay. went to my solicitor that that we use, and uh, he just gave us 194 okay. euro. Okay, okay. And straightforward. Okay, back after this break. Thanks, Kevin. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Tom Callagher is in the UK. Tom, uh, another point about probate. You say people should do... Oh, I'm not in the UK, Joe. I'm just outside Dublin here. That doesn't matter. And how did you you come up as Winchester? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Have Have you now or have you ever been in Winchester? Uh, yes, I have, okay. Joe. Um, are you are you are you following me? I'm no, getting no. paranoid now about this phone okay, call. So I have no, five no, years no. ago. Brilliant. Well, then, I don't know how that came up. Anyway, Tom. Okay, tell us. You say a child could do probate. Yeah. yeah um, yes, Joe. Um, I'll tell you very briefly. Um, the mother died about 15 years ago. God rest her. She got to 90. She had a very good life. And I had heard then that probate could be done quite easily because she really had nothing. She had a small apartment okay. and a few, a few thousand in the credit union. But the family solicitor had come over a few years previously and did the will with her when she was in a nursing home. And okay. he was quite gracious and said, oh, I wouldn't, you've been with, with us for years. I won't charge you anything for doing the will. And then when I saw the price of the cost of the probate, I had heard that as a private individual I could do it. And I did the probate at the time for about €350. And the price I was quoted by the family solicitor was almost 10 times that, actually. Wow. And my fundamental point is that for as... For, for people like my mother that had very little, doing a probate is incredibly simple. I had to collect up um, a valuation of the property and a certificate from the credit union yeah. and fairly importantly, the debt cert, fairly basic. Yeah, I would have yeah, done that yeah, when I was 14. Yeah. And when I went in to do the probate, the lady said to me, she said, I bet you forgot the most important document. And I said, what's that? 
She said ID. Most people come up here without proper ID and we have to turn them away. I had the ID, which was my passport. It took 15 minutes, um, collected the documents and I was out the door. It was incredibly simple, Joe, as simple as that, believe it or not. And how much do you reckon you saved, Tom? Um, Well, I paid 350. I said um, maybe 3,000. Okay. Wow. So you paid one-tenth of what you thought you were. Near one-eighth to one-tenth of what the family solicitor for 40 years had quoted as Joe. Okay. So okay. the reason I rang in is anybody who has a simple probate to do should do with themselves. That was my experience. It, it is so incredibly simple. Okay, okay, okay. Bill Holohan and Bill has contact as well, a solicitor and a senior counsel. You want to make the point, Bill, about the legal cost adjudicator? Yeah, if a client of a solicitor is dissatisfied with the costs being charged, they can go to an independent state official called the Legal Costs Adjudicator. And the Legal Costs Adjudicator will assess the amount of work that's been done, the person by whom the work was done, because obviously a senior partner in a firm Mm. of solicitors with particular expertise, depending on the nature of the work, or somebody photocopying uh, documents, uh, would charge at, at different rates, and they can determine what is a fair and reasonable fee. But ever before you start, solicitors have an obligation under Section 150 of the Legal Services Regulation Act to set out in advance, before work is undertaken, except in emergency scenarios, exactly what costs, fees, expenses and charges they're going to levy. If it's going to be based on their time and a rate per hour, mm-hmm. they can do that, and they have to set all that out beforehand. Um, but very often people will simply ring up how much for a will. But, you know, that doesn't tell you what's involved. Are you talking about setting up a trust in the will? Are there some complications in relation to property? Well, then surely, uh, there, surely there are questions that you should be asked, and then they can give you a quote. Correct. Correct, yeah. But Laura, Laura's but point then, was she couldn't get a quote. I'm surprised. <laughs> that would be and very first, and the, Well, but, OK, but that's, I take that point. But the first time she knew it was going to cost them 500 quid for the, the two very similar wills was when she went out to reception to leave. But anyway, but you say, and is, 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 is there a waiting list with this legal cost adjudicator? or oh, is it, there, it, is, does, it, does, it does take time, yeah. yeah and is there an, an amount over which you, in other words, is there a threshold where you can... In other words, if it's 100 quid, they say, well, we can't adjudicate that. So relatively, relatively small. That can be a lot for a lot of people. Is there, is there a threshold, Bill? As Father Jack would say, that had the ecumenical matter. I wouldn't know that off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well done. I see you equally, equally, if somebody has a genuine issue in terms of either the service they have received from a legal professional, whether it's a solicitor or a barrister, or in relation to the level of fees, if it's a particular issue about fees, there is the uh, Legal Services Regulatory Authority. And complaints by solicitors, or against solicitors rather, are now handled by the Legal Services okay. Regulatory Authority, not the law society. Okay, okay, that was uh, because I remember when we had the the long-running saga on Liveline about um, um, survivors of industrial schools being charged twice when they went to the redress board by both solicitors um, it was a law society that, adju- that adjudicated but that was 10-12 years ago at this stage ok Bill I see you're, you're a solicitor and a senior counsel correct Did you, well, there's, well, never, a, there's never a bar there's never a bar <laughs> in theory to solicitors becoming yeah. senior counsel but the barristers had a bit like Gollum with my precious my precious they had minded that for themselves for uh, okay. a number of centuries 
with Alan Shatter when he was uh, yeah. Minister for Justice initiated legislation that allowed solicitors to be recognised as solicitor senior counsels as well. And there's, I can't remember the exact number now, there's about 50 of us since 2020. I oh, was part of the first batch in September 2020. And when a solicitor can only be appointed, is, am I correct, to certain levels of the judiciary, is that correct? No, and a solicitor can be appointed to any level of the oh, judiciary. Oh, fantastic. Uh, either a solicitor or a barrister, you, you have to have certain uh, yeah, experience, level of experience. Yeah, of and you you apply, uh, you put your hat in the ring yeah. and say, look, would you consider me? Ultimately, it's the legal services uh, or the, the Judicial Appointments Board at the moment yeah, yeah, who which, which are nominated to the uh, Cabinet. Yeah. And the Cabinet can appoint anybody they want, okay. uh, if they do want. And there's some brilliant people were appointed oh, I hear uh, over the years without and going through that process and the changes that you know, are, yeah gone to the, the president has referred to the Supreme Court the changes yeah. okay would you be interested in the in, a, in the bench uh, speak I freely would have probably have loved <laughs> it but I'm not sure my wife would have uh, stayed yeah, if it is it is time consuming to say the least Okay, Bill, go to Mary Mark. That's Bill, uh, Bill Holland, solicitor and SC. Uh, Siobhan Dwyer, you did your dad's probate. I did, yeah. That was uh, three years ago now. And so, how, how'd you get on? Yeah, grand, I got it. Um, but in the process, I discovered that um, the freehold for the house, um, that wasn't submitted. Okay. It wasn't, you know, it was started and it wasn't submitted. So I said, I'll give that a go as well. And uh, I sorted oh, that out as well. <laughs> so you weren't frightened so, by anything? Um, I was. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was. I, I was. I I used to ask anybody and everybody questions about well them. Well done. Different things. Yeah, so I've no, um, I've no background, legal background or anything like that. I just said, I'll give it a shot. I had the time and, uh, yeah, and it worked. And how much did you save, do you reckon? Well, between the freehold, the freehold is kind of a complicated process. And uh, I don't know, I'd say probably you'd be looking at 10,000, you know, by doing probate and okay. freehold. And did, did, did you, Siobhan, did you, did you learn much from it? Did you enjoy it? I loved it. Okay, well, that's I fantastic. loved it. Cause, yeah, because like I had the deeds of the house and that, and like they were very interesting. And then that's yeah. how I found out the freehold wasn't. Uh, that wasn't bought out, you know. So um, and I said, "Oh, here, I'll give it a go." Well, you're still young, but would you ever think of s- studying the law, qualifying? You've studied it. No, Joe. Like I mean, yeah, I'm an ordinary Joe soap. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. a, and I'm a, I'm a bit. I can be very scatty, but like you know, I I think if you put your mind down to it, and if it's yeah. simple enough, you can you can do it. Okay, 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 okay. Well done, well done. Yeah. Well done. And and ordinary Joe Joe soaps are extraordinary as well, Siobhan. And uh, (laughs) every every profession needs them. Thanks indeed, Siobhan Dwyer. Joe at rt.ie, 51551 is our text number. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. And those of you listening earlier would have thought uh, KCH referred to Cantork Courthouse. But I now want to keep with the KCH logo and it refers to the Kinnegad Corner 
Hotel. This is a two-star hotel offering room service, 24-hour front desk, free Wi-Fi. There's four different types of rooms available for booking, double room, private bathroom, that's over 100 a night, quadruple room for 140 a night. And the Kinnegad Corner Hotel, Rebecca Breen McDonald is where? <laughs> where? Um, it doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, essentially, yeah. Um, do you want me to start from the top on that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> okay, interesting story. So, um, basically, on booking.com, there's this Kinnegad Corner Hotel. Okay. Um, as I said, all of the lovely amenities that you listed out there. Yes. Um, not, not too affordable, to be honest. Okay. Um, but what it really is, is my family home in Kinnegad. So, okay. what happened is someone has uploaded... Uh, it is a listing, um, this Kinnegad Corner Hotel, um, put the address as like my dad and stepmom's house in Kinnegad and people have been showing up over the last three weeks. Oh, they've arrived with their suitcases and their beach balls and their buckets and spades. <laughs> oh, the whole shebang, yeah. Um, thinking, yeah, we're going to stay here in Kinnegad and then my dad would have to answer the door and be like, no, this is my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's a scam. So, yeah, it's kind of been going on for three weeks. Um, it took that long to actually get it taken down. And it only got taken down because of media requests from journalists. Thank God. Yeah, the journal um, around with, yeah. The, the, yeah. So it, you've checked in front of your, your house. There is no sign up saying Kinnegad Corner Hotel, a neon sign that flashes. No, no. neon sign. No it's neon not sign. even on a corner. The house is just <laughs> in a housing estate. <laughs> just a normal, so a normal four bed, semi-detached house. <laughs> um, so who, definitely not a hotel. So who turned up? I don't want their names, obviously, but what, what type of tourists turned up? At this suburban um, house, thinking it was a Kindergarten like, Corner Hotel. Oh, bless them. It was like four different groups of people. So, like, the first one called, um, he actually, the person lived in the area, and he was trying to book for his sister. But he was like, oh, this is really weird, because I live in Kindergarten, and there is no hotel. So he called to the door, and, huh. um, yeah, my dad was chatting to him. And then it took it took my dad about 12 hours, and he found out that uh, that place is up on booking.com to... Um, to find a phone number to ring customer service. Um, so it was during the first week of October, he had rang them, I think like the 6th of October or something. And they said, well, we'll look into it. And if it's something bad, we'll take it down. And then three weeks later and three more groups of people arriving and still hadn't been taken down. There was like someone that went there for their anniversary. Um, they said like, oh, it was really suspicious. They actually got rerouted to another website or something. And they were getting okay. a lot of emails. And then, yeah, family but um, <laughs> they were there to stay. Uh, but luckily, they stayed in Lucan, and I think they were planning a night out or something in Kinnegad Town. And uh, they had to decide that one of them would be a designated driver and drive back to Lucan oh, that evening. Bless them. But when they when they got to what they thought was the Kinnegad, the Kinnegrad Corner Hotel, which is in an <laughs> estate, and they didn't see yeah. a sign, or they saw uh, uh, just a suburban house. Did were they? Were they disappointed when your father opened the door? Well, I'm sure they were. But to be fair, um, my dad did say that, like, he told a couple of the people it was a scam. And they were like, we kind of thought it was too good to be true because of yeah. the rerouting to the new website and, like, the, the weird emails and things like that. But at the same time, <laughs> if you're driving into a housing estate 
and <laughs> I don't know, like there is no sign for the hotel. It's it's just no. a house. It's just a really normal house. <laughs> and what about the fo- <laughs> the photographs of the beautiful the double room, the en suites? They're gorgeous. I know. Well, they're not exactly what the house looks like. From the, they're actually nicer than what the house looks like on the inside. Uh, so I don't I don't know where those photos are from. They're not from inside the house. It would be more scary if they were from inside the house, actually. Uh, but yeah. I don't know who, I don't know where those photos are from. And are you gone off booking.com now? Yeah, they took it down, I think, yesterday after the journalist got in touch. Mm. But, like, we had been on to them multiple times before that, and they they did nothing. And then oh, there was okay. even a review left, because there was someone that visited last weekend, and then they wrote on it that it was a scam, it was someone's house. And... Uh, yeah, then um, they still hadn't taken it down. So, and do, do of the people who the the tourists that arrived at the so-called Kinnegad Corner Hotel ha, had they parted with money? Yeah, I think some of them had, and some of them hadn't. So some of them, like the neighbour and all, they were coming to just check to make sure because they were like that's strange. But a couple no. of people did pay. Yes, uh, something like one hundred and one euro a night. And would you, you wouldn't be tempted between yourself and your dad to get a sign made for the Kinnegad Corner Hotel and open the business? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need another hotel, to be totally honest. Okay, um, okay. But now, yeah, yeah. Now no, the, the, the I, only thing is, it is your address that's up there. It is your dad's address that's up there. Yeah, exactly. That's so the, it would say on the booking serious. thing. That's Yeah. I know, it's scary because we were lucky that the people that did arrive, they were all so, so nice and so understanding. But, like, someone could show up and be, like, really annoyed. Yeah, and in yeah. fairness, like, there's no no harm in that because, like, they could have travelled God knows how long to get to Kinnegad. Yeah, but, <laughs> um, but, they, yeah. but they could have, God forbid, they could have turned around Rebecca and said, well, are you in on this scam? That's exactly what we were saying. We're like, they could think that we were in on it. Obviously, we're not. Yeah, obviously, um, yeah. yeah and uh, like they had planned to go down to Clare to visit family and all for the bank holiday. And they had to cancel it at the time because they're like, well, what if we leave for the bank holiday and God knows how many people will show up? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, that's serious. And, but thankfully, it's been taken down now. Okay. But uh, yeah. Okay, well that's done. The, that's the story. Well done, well done, well done. How is Kinnegad these days since, well, the bypass is 20 years ago at this stage, isn't it? It's that riveting there, as always. Don't, don't, Rebecca, don't get, don't do a firm eye on me now. And Graham, (laughs) (laughs) and Graham Norton, the people who firm eye got very upset. Okay, Uh, say hello to everyone in in Kinnegad and uh, well done, Rebecca Breen. McDonald, Joe at RT.ie, 51551, text. 715815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. We're talking about doing your own legal work. Mary, good afternoon, Mary. Hi, Joe. Hello. How are you? Good. This, and Mary, tell us, you, you, you did your own divorce? Yes, I did, and back in 2009. And what was that yes. like? It took a lot of work, but um, I managed it and got into court myself and represented myself. But I had a great help from the go- from the uh, clerk, the court clerk. Okay. He actually went over all the papers before I sent them out. Brilliant. And uh, he was he was excellent. But I mean, I didn't. It cost me nothing. Only time, obviously. Yes. And did you save much money? Do you know me? You did, obviously. I don't know. I have no idea, actually, because I didn't. I didn't even go to a sister. 
But I, I just went to the clock and I said, is there any way I can do this myself? And he said, you can, but it'll take a lot of time and a lot of work. So and when I you, actually went um, from there. Okay, and Mary, when you said to the clerk, is there any way I can do this myself? Did you say to him or her, is, is it because I can't afford to go to a solicitor? I did, yes, I did. Okay, excellent. Well mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well done. But I was back now, that was back now in 2009, so whether that stands, still stands, I'm not well, sure. But well, I know there was I, mean, a, I mean, I managed it and I never, I, I, I don't have any legal background or anything like that. And there's no legal repercussions, it's now 14 None years. None whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I went into the court and, and the, actually the judge wanted, he stopped it there and then, but then he just wanted something in place for my, for my son at the time because he was a minor. Yeah, and uh, it went back in again then in a month's time, and um, the other my husband's solicitor had to um, organise to put something in place for him. Okay, and it was yes. done. It was and, uh, and it was as done. I say, it's now fourteen years later, so there was no uh, complications afterwards when you no, did it. No, none, none and, whatsoever. And Mary, Mary, have you ever advised other friends to go and do their own divorce? Yes, I have. You okay. know, I have, yeah. But then, it, I suppose it depends on how yeah. complicated yeah. it is as yeah. well. Yeah. That's the issue as well. You see, mine was just very simple and straightforward. All I wanted was a divorce. I wasn't really looking for anything. So maybe maybe that's why it's just so much easier for me. Yeah. Well said, well said, and well done. Well done, Mary. Well done. Okay. And would you ever think of going into the legal world? No, not at all, no. No. Okay, okay. No. <laughs> uh, okay. You sound great. Thanks, Mary. Good to meet you, Margaret. Magella Rippington. Um, you, wonderful name. Magella, um, you've done contentious probate. I've done, I've been through both. Um, we've had probate through contentious and the contentious. And I would just like to add some balance to what the other speakers were saying, and yeah. they're, they're quite right. Some people can successfully extract their own probate. Okay. And they get through it without difficulty. And the forms, I've gone through the forms and I know the process, and it can be straightforward enough. However, it is a risky thing to do, and you have to advocate that people go to a solicitor. It's only a few thousand, it's about somewhere between five and ten thousand. It's better to pay that out that's of the estate. That's, that's and a lot of money, Magellan. Now, hang on, that's well, a lot is, of money. Well, it is, but if you've got an estate, lot of say, money. Well, for some people, an estate might only be... A modest estate is somewhere around 300,000. Small estates, you would go in yourself. It's straightforward enough. Mm. The probate office will see you through it. But they can't give you legal advice. So therefore, you're only as good as the admin paperwork you do. And it can go very wrong for executors and or administrators if something goes wrong later on with the any implications with um, mm-hmm. freehold and, and conveyancing and all the other elements where it can go wrong. What I would like to say to the nation today, and this is really important, probate, it's too late when you go to extract probate. The time to look at probate properly is before you make a will. And to look at Succession Act, particularly Section 27, which deals with the uh, distribution of estates. I've been calling for amendments mm-hmm. to the law to have robust legislation there because when it goes wrong it goes very wrong it costs mm-hmm. maybe a hundred euro to make a will with what's called regularity but it costs hundreds of thousands to clean up when we talk about five thousand five thousand is nothing if you are left with a bill of three hundred and fifty thousand and more and i've seen estates being completely obliterated mm-hmm. oh 
over 300,000 with a second estate which was not in contention being sought as well. And I've seen where mistakes have been made even with rules being made with regularity. And then the, the whole thing about probate is probate means legal permission. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Legal permission to uh, deal with a person's uh, deceased person's estate. And all wills when they're made are completely invalid until such time as the testator dies. Then a will becomes valid until mm. set aside. And at the very last moment the testator draws the last breath of life, there is a birth. And that's the birth of the estate. And that's when the complexities kick in. Mm. And there are enormous complexities. Not just complexities where somebody has estates in two countries or different um, property owners in, 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 across the world, but even the most simple basic estates, mm. such as a modest estate of 300000 can cost all of that money, and it has done. Now, I can't go into... Can because cost, I haven't, is, is it, hang on, cost all of that money? How would people... Uh, whittle away three hundred grand by making easily. Is, 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 well, very, well, hang on. Is the will? Is this in a contested will? You see, there's a thing called Heidi Hold wills that also are under the same legislation, and they're made with irregularity. So we have to look at wills across the board, both regular and irregular, as in regular mm-hmm. drafted with the aid of a solicitor, and irregular where somebody drafts it at the kitchen table. Solicitors are there. When they draft a will for you, there are three strict clauses in a will that may not be in um, a, a highly whole will. But all the solicitor is doing for you is he's drafting, he or she is drafting a will for you in, in simple terms. And they'll guide you through that process. Mm-hmm. But they're not able and they can't foresee the future. So therefore, the loopholes that exist in nearly all wills cannot be foreseen. And that's when the problem arises. Now, I have seen many, many estates made with a will be dealt with on, in, in intestacy, under the rules of intestacy, and I've seen intestacy estates being dealt with as testacy. And the role of executor or administrator are very, very serious roles. And if you're taking on that role personally, you mm. could be getting into a great deal of difficulty. Yeah, but we shouldn't. And well, hang on, the, no, we shouldn't frighten the life out of people. We have to try. No, and, it's not. We, to no, no, the life. no. We've had so many witnesses here in this program who've demystified yeah. this probate process. Now, I, I accept that it's been they've been what they've done is it's been very straightforward. It hasn't, the will hasn't been contested, and people understand that. But people, yeah. the, 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 the law is there to help people. To help people, but and we shouldn't, the, and we shouldn't, no, mysti- no. we shouldn't mystify the law. No, no, like, we shouldn't mystify the law. We heard, we heard, a, we heard a number of people on this program already, who from let's their from clear. from their testament, they w- could easily have become uh, lawyers or solicitors. But one of them said, "I come from the, the, the I'm an ordinary Joe," which is which is so sad to hear. Uh, but she had the, the brain intelligence, you well able to become a solicitor or a barrister. You know, let's 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 not let's let's not over mystify. No, 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 but let's be clear, Joe. Let's be clear about one thing. The law is there. That's one thing. Mm. Whether the law is robust enough is another thing. But this other aspect is getting access to the law. Now, if Mm. you want to get access to the law, and bear in mind, uh, 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 the probate office have the right to send any will, contested or not, Mm. down to the High Court. Such was the very famous will that is now in the public domain, the McEnroe will, where that will went out uh, into the, the, the niece went down to uh, extract probate. Mm. They rejected the will because it was um, 
had alienation on this homemade will. So it was sent to the High Court. High Court rejected it and it was sent to the Appeal Court. The probate is, is essentially a branch of the High Court, isn't it? It is an arm of the High yes, Court, yes. and it has a, pro, it has a, a specific uh, duty, and that duty is to authorise the um, uh, whomever it is that can deal with the estate of a deceased person. But it is very, very simple, and I have witnessed this, and I've been through it, and I've done a body of evidence, and I'm not going to uh, go into that because your uh, researchers haven't approved it, but my body of evidence over the last 13 years stands good, and I have come across the most extraordinary circumstances, mm. and I've come across the loopholes, and I've come across the deficiencies, and I cannot get the Oireachtas or anybody else okay. to even listen to an argument on it. Now, so what I'm saying to you about probate, some people can go through and extract probate without any difficulty. Right, but yeah. I'm saying that drafting a will and making a will is one of the most dangerous documents you could pin your name to, but it is a document of necessity, yeah, and that yeah. the public at large should look into the environment that it will go into afterwards, that their loved ones will have to face if there uh, are any um, legalities or if there's any uh, disputes within families, and disputes arrive, it's a very uh, emotional time, and people fall out, and it destroys families for life. I know families yeah, that have know, been broken, including, that. you know, so just to say that probate, now the cost of probate, the point I want to make is that you can get, many a solicitor will do a probate for free. Um, well, sorry, we'll do a, a will for free mm. because it's the most, well, that's it's, where, it's a nominal well, job. Well, well that's but, where we started, 500 quid for, for... Well, that is nothing compared to what it will cost you if it goes wrong. But that's not the measurement we, we, we do things on, Magella. You can't say no, 500 the, quid is nothing compared to what can go wrong. 500 quid well, is 500 quid to, to Laura and her partner who were a very small estate. Well, you know, 300,000 that, that was, was well, a lot of money to lose. Yeah, and a million is a lot of money to lose and 10 million is a lot. Yeah. We don't know what anyone to, to lose. But we were asking about, like, are, do solicitors give quotations for wills? Well, well, give me an do. estimate. Well, they would say to you, yeah, look, it, it depends on the level of work you want. But my understanding is, and I can't speak for solicitors, but my understanding is uh, a nominal fee would be anywhere from 150 further up. Depends if, if a solicitor has to do a lot of extra work for you and gather in um, information from other assets you hold worldwide. Well, that's a totally different ballgame. But you've also yeah. got the whole area of trust as well, which these are areas, Joe, that are complex. That's why people are trained in these areas for a reason. You know, you, you, I don't recommend people go out and do things I wouldn't recommend to be their own radiographer okay. or be their own dentist. Yeah, okay. But well, well, that's, well, no, no, yeah, but that's, that's, a, that's a different analogy. Now, Bernadette, your quick point, please. You probated your mother's will. Did you regret it? Um, no, I didn't. Okay, and did it work out okay? It worked out fine and I had actually I informed the um, uh, beneficiaries uh, on each step as I went through it and okay. um, I had no problem I had no problem I had um, been an executor for my uncle okay. which had been done through a solicitor and it, I found that I did most of the work myself anyway getting all the information and okay. so how much did you think you saved? I would say I saved about 6,000. Okay, but as Magella said, be very careful, especially with complications. Thanks indeed, Bernadette. Joe, Je, Joe, Joe Duffy will be back tomorrow at 1.45. Nadine, Nadine Maloney produced, and Ray Darcy is next.
0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie. 